difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'm a show them freedom like a boat. We gonna fight back. And welcome back, everyone, to It's Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And well, now we have Lint Vassell warm up in the bullpen, but join me on the line. This man here is uh, fighting after a long layoff, and well, he's going to be doing his own thing here. He will be not only just a fighter, but a promoter here on December 19th at the Galveston Island Convention Center at the being broadcast by the Fight Network. And well, it'll be for the NABF light heavyweight title and more bigger. He wants big fights. He has told me that he is shooting for big names in 2021 is going to be the year he does it. I give you once again the pride and joy of uh, Mazatlan, Sinaloa, Mexico. I give you Gilberto Ramirez Sanchez, a.k.a. Zerdo de Oro. Uh, Gilberto, first off here, how much pressure is there on you on this fight? You are the part promoter, part boxer. Everything now is on your shoulders. You're the man in charge. How much pressure do you feel come December 19th? Um, I don't feel pressure and it's uh, December 18th. And um, I don't feel pressure, I feel good, I feel great, I feel grateful because I do my own things, that's what I want to do and and that's what, I, I, that's what I'm going to do in December 18th, my promotional, my fight, and it's really exciting for me. I'm so happy for that. And I'm glad that the, the, my opponent is a, a Tigre Lopez. He came for 10, winning, 10, 10 wins, no losses. And he, he came in the, in, the, in the row with 10 winning and 10, 10 five winning. And I think uh, it's a, it could be a good fight. And, and I want to give the people a good show to came December 18. And watch the show and see Zurdo Ramirez, and I want to get my 41 and 0. Let's talk about your opponent, Alfonso El Tigre, Tigre Lopez, the third. Uh, he's a natural super middleweight, light heavyweight, six foot one. He has 25 wins by knockout out of 32 wins here. Uh, what kind of fighter is he compared to, let's say, the last couple of guys you faced? What kind of style of fighter is he that you worry about or that you look and go, he might give me trouble this way or that way? Um, I think uh, I, I, I expected the best Alfonso Lopez, whatever he brings in the table, whatever he brings in the ring, I want to be prepared 100% because I've been training a long training camp this, uh, this fight, uh, this preparation, and... I feel like uh, he's a, a good a good fight. He's a tough fight. He's a tough fighter because he never been knocked out, and it's a really good challenge for me. And I I don't see any complaining in the fight. I still I'm I'm in the in the ring. I'm a smart guy, smart fighter, and I I know that I had to use my reach. I had to move. I had to use my skills. When we talked with LT Gray, he mentioned that he has nothing to lose. Everybody expects him to get, to get beaten. They're expecting a great performance from you. How tough is it fighting a guy who basically is looking at this going, I don't care. I don't fear you. This is house money. This is my world title shot. How do you combat a guy who basically is going to go out there and just go, to leave nothing and leave nothing to chance. He's going to give you everything that he can throw against you. You know, um, I've been through in this situation 45 because always it's the same. They trying to take everything what I had and my my uh, my uh, my record, my rankings, and it's no will be the it no will be the first and the last. This guy. I know that he will come really prepared for this fight. I know that he will not come with excellent uh, preparation uh, plan for the fight. But um, 40, they will try, and 40, they will, they will lose. And I don't, uh, I, I'm prepared like 
like what I am, I'm a champion. And that the champion do uh, fight, uh, beat all the guy, all the guys, and be a champion. That the mindset, like all all the time, had to be prepared for whatever he bring, and had to be ready. We're gonna go back to this in a bit. Take us back to the long layoff, uh, due to contractual reasons, due to your legal reasons. Get, when I mean legal, get your get out of your contract. You've been out of a ring since. April of 2019. How tough has it been for you having to stay on the sidelines and be unable to box, have to deal with things outside your control preventing you from boxing? Um, the beginning was really hard for me to to be out of the ring. Like, like I was so stressed. I was like waiting my opportunity, like waiting for everything. And nothing came through, and I was stressed. And then, and then I started like thinking by myself. I started like calm down. I was like thinking by myself, like what I want, like what sort of want for the future, what sort of want to do, because all the 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 world was shocked with this uh, coronavirus, and everything was top. Every, everything is stopping with coronavirus, and it, we. It only was me. It was a, the, it was hard for everyone. And then I start thinking of myself. I start thinking my plan, my game plan. I start thinking what I want, what I want to do, my my goals, reach my goals. And then everything was different. Everything was uh, more like uh, more more grateful, more patient, and. Now I feel like it was the right time to Corona for me. It was the right time for everything. And now everything is in, in place. Take us back to the breakup between you and top rank. I'm guessing this wasn't something you just, you know, it was, it was an impulse. This is something that you had thought about. You strike me as a guy who's very intelligent. Uh, what was the final straw? Like, when did you realize that it was time for you to go out on your own, that you need to become your own boss. Uh, it was uh, a few years ago and uh, my, my, my contract expired and that's it. I, I didn't want to renew. I just want to keep going by myself. Like uh, look at my goal, reach my goal by myself. And, and that's it with, with, with friends and nothing nothing wrong but i feel like uh, they helped me a lot i'm feel grateful for for what they did for me in the past year in my career but now it's time to 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 take my my to take control for my career and what i want and this is because i want to help some fighters to like sort of promotion want to help fighter i have my goal in sort of promotion to be a uh, promoter and I know that, it, that I don't want to be for forever in 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 boxing and I want to but I couldn't and one way or another I'm trying to figure it out how like how could be the the possibility to to be boxing all the time but I I figured out that it was a promoter and help some uh, fighter develop his career make the brand, make a champion, make surdos, um, like 20 surdos. And that's what I want to, and that's my goal now um, as a fighter and as a promoter. How much of this is also that you want the big fight? You've mentioned Canelo Alvarez. You've mentioned Dimitri Bivol. I'm guessing you're also looking at fights such as maybe Caleb Plant down the line. Uh, Dennis uh, Benavidez down the line. I mean, how much of this is about you want those fights so that people say, Gilberto Ramirez, he was a great fighter. Gilberto Ramirez, he was in these big fights. Gilberto Ramirez, he was a true world champion. I want, I want really bad that fight. And I know that in 21, all the fights that will come. And I know 
I don't see beyond right now because I'm focusing December 18 with Alfonso. <clears throat> I don't want to be disrespectful, but yeah, I'm looking for, for a big fight too. And, and I'm looking for people, Benavides and, and um, better be it for the vacant WBO title. And eventually all the fights that will come, even Canelo, I know that the, I know him, he know me and we've been training a um, long time ago. We trained together and we know that that, that fight will happen too. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have uh, Gilberto Ramirez on the show, the, the founder of Zerudo uh, Promotions here as we talk about his upcoming fight December 18th. We're talking about possible super fights here. You have your manager, David Sue. He is one of a few people that I'm guessing you've been on the line to help run your promotion. Uh, it's a big deal. You are, you are now the, the president, you're the owner of your own boxing promotion, which means you got to find people who can sell tickets, who can market things, set up promotions. How tough is it to find people that you trust to, to help you run your promotion? It's hard to find good people, but... I feel grateful because I have a great team behind me and they help me in everything what they can. And I feel like I had to do like, I had to fight and winning. I had like a lot of support behind me because it's not only David, it's, um, we have like 20 people behind me and even my family behind me too. and and my kids, my wife, everyone, and they helped me with something. And I feel that I have a great team and I feel thankful for, for that. It's a lot of work. You Being a professional fighter is a full-time job itself. Now you're a promoter. How tough is that, you know, balancing all these roles as a father, as a husband, a businessman, and a fighter when... That's literally five full-time jobs you have here. I mean, how do you how do you balance the time so that one part of your life isn't suffering? We have uh, everyone has uh, 24 hours. Every and uh, the you need to do is a plan. And if you wanna train, you have to train. If you wanna do a your uh, promotional company, you have to do the right way and get the right people. And I know that it's, it's hard to find good people, but will come and, and you don't have to rush anything. All the people, they, they come in the right time and in the right moment. And and that's it, you have to find the, 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 your time for everything, like father, promoter, fighter, and, and that's, that's all you have to have your, your own schedule for everything. It all comes down, as you mentioned before, December 18th. It'll be on the Fight Network, from what I've been told. You, Afonso Tigre Lopez, for the NABF title. It's the beginning of a new era. It's the beginning of Zerudo Promotions. It's the beginning of you as your own boss here. Uh, how do you find... How do you prevent yourself from getting overwhelmed? This is a lot. You are now in charge of everything. There's no more Bob Aram. There's no more top rank. There's no more promoter doing everything, just making sure that you fight. You are now the chief, the boss, the president of this whole thing here. December 18th, how tough is, how do you prevent yourself from getting overwhelmed and just focusing on the fight? Um, I've been, I've been, um, training for a long time, even for the quarantine this time. And I think that um, I will do really well. I'm how confident in myself. I have confident in my skills about fighting. And I know that I'm a smart guy and I know that I can do, I can do everything that I want. And I believe in myself, that's the key that to just uh, believe in yourself, put a lot of work, and 
and everything, like I say, everything will come in, in the place and the right moment. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to have on the show. He'll be fighting December 18th, I give you. It is Gilberto Ramirez, now the new business owner slash promoter of Gilberto Ramirez, Zerudo Promotions. Uh, before we let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where is your Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And where can fans check out Zerudo Promotions? They can see uh, on zerudopromotion.com. That's the, the, the official page. You can follow me in, in Gilberto Zurdo Ramirez and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Ramirez Zurdo. And don't miss the fight December 18. You can watch for uh, Fight TV. That's the app that you can watch is all over the world all over the world and you can watch in the TV, you can watch in the cell phone, the computer, everywhere. Gilberto Ramirez, ladies and gentlemen, once again, fighting December 18th. It's on the Fight TV Network. It's going to be for the NABF title. We're looking forward to it. We come back. Well, we got a whole lot more only on. It is last call. Last call to the alcohol only on. It is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. back everyone to its last call last call with the alcohol only on it is the blue wire hustle network and now join me on the line we're going to kick things off here with the big boys he'll be fighting once again it's going to be december 10th only on cbs sports uh bellator 254 he'll be uh lehman farland versus juliana velasquez this man here will be taking on ronnie marks in the heavyweight division which all of a sudden finds itself wide open I give you once again, uh, training out of Miami, Florida, and well, now living large as a heavyweight. I give you the swarm himself. I give you Litton to sell. Uh, Litton, before we get to your point, before we get to your last win, how much nicer is it now not having to do the weight cut, cutting from that 225 pounds, boiling yourself down to 205 and going, okay, I just barely made it here. Exactly that. I feel like I want to slap myself in the face. I don't know why I did it for so long. And it just feels great to be training, eating, and living the good uh, the good life, should I say. No injuries. You know, I wish I did it a little bit um, sooner. But, you know, we're here now. And, yeah, it's, it's so good living life as a heavyweight. Can't complain. Well, how tough was In the beginning, I understand, because you wanted to yeah. title. There was no heavyweight yeah. title because that was being held up for yes. Russia. And as you know, as you and I have pointed out several times, you came close with Emmanuel Newton or with Gaines Ryan Bader, and then just you know things happened. Yeah, when was the breaking point? When did you finally say, "Okay, I gotta go to heavyweight. This is just killing me"? So it was probably I'm gonna say before the um, not Ryan Bader fight, but before. I was going to going to fight Phil Davis. I couldn't shift the weight. The weight wasn't really going like it usually does. So I did struggle a little bit and I sort of made my mind up, you know, before before I had the fight. I was like, win, lose or draw. I feel like this is the last time because I was hitting like, I'm not sure what, what it is in pounds, but in kilos, I was 100 kilos. So... 
and I wouldn't budge for about a good solid week. So yeah, that that got to me a little bit, and yeah, I felt you know it's it's time to to make the move and and go heavyweight. So your second fight at heavyweight, you Ronnie Marks. Uh, once again, you're the naturally bigger guy. He's gone as low as 185 pounds. He walks around at about six feet two ten. You like to walk around at around that 235, 242-pound range. Yeah. How how does that change your mentality of this fight compared to Karatanov? You're now the bigger guy. You're now the, the more imposing guy. Does that change how you fight, or is it still the same style you want to Im- impose on Marks that you did on Karatanov? Again, there, there's going to be some, seri- some similarities, but also I still need to fight. the Not the way that Ronnie fights, but he's a lot smaller. So I guess he's going to be a lot quicker than Karatonov. So yeah, um, same game plan, go in there and smash, you know, go in there and destroy. But again, he's probably going to have a, a little bit more cardio than Karatonov and, you know, move a little bit quicker. So, you know, I'm ready for all aspects of the fight. I just feel like when I get my hands on him, that's it, though. I really do. Again, that's not taking nothing away from him. I feel like I'm going to be the bigger, stronger guy, and when I do, when he feels the power, he's going to want to quit. When you have a guy like Marks, how tough is it preparing for somebody who he loves to use jujitsu? And as you said, That's he's right. a quicker guy, so yes. he'll do scrambles, he'll do what, he'll do funky stuff, he'll try to catch you in an arm bar, a leg lock, something. And of course. how tough is it finding guys who can mimic his style but are that big? It, well, it's not necessarily mimicking his style. I'm a grappler as well myself. I, again, many people may not think, you know, um, I move as fast as, as I look, but I scramble, you know, I, I train with with a lot of um, black belts, you know. My, my ground is the ground game, so I'm not worried at all if it goes to the ground. I usually take my opponents to the ground anyway, so again, if it ends in the ground, I'm, I'm more than happy. I just feel like I'm going to be ready for aspects, you know, arm bars, leg locks, knee, knee bars, whatever he wants to do, rear naked chokes. Um, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have a counter for it. And, you know, um, we'll see what he feels like when he's on the opposite side, you know, when I'm going for a submission or ground and pound. Take us to the last fight, the Caritano fight. And before we get to the fight itself, take us to fighting in Israel because – it's new to them. They're, they're still in this love affair where when they show up, it's a party. They're going crazy. They, they don't understand the sport in you know, a sense like Brazil does or England does or America. Yeah. But they're looking going, this is just fun. We This is just our cup of tea here. What is that like when, you're, when this crowd is just rocking from the first fight to the last fight and you feel that energy just pulsing through the arena? Yeah, they're a different type of crowd. Even before the fight, when I got there, I had a cam- camera crew um, following me, um, doing the, the media for Bellator. And I had people coming up to me, wanting to take pictures, owners in the restaurant, um, offering me free food just because, you know, um, I had a camera on me and, and I was fighting in Israel. I don't get that anywhere else. Even back home, I don't get that kind of treatment. So um, it's different. It's different. And yeah, the crowd was insane. Um, Especially after I fought, when I came out of the arena, the whole crowd was outside, you know? And, you know, again, I've never felt like that. So to walk through that, everyone shouting my name, cheering pictures and everything, it's a different kind of feeling, different kind of atmosphere. The energy was real. So um, I'd love to go back to Israel at some point and fight there again. But yeah, that crowd is amazing. Take us to Israel itself, because I know we've had religious fighters such as John Salter, Austin Vanderford, who said it was worth it because it's Jerusalem. It's it's Israel. It's all this here. And you go there and you have this sort of outer body experience. I don't know what your, what your religion is. I never asked that here, but... Did you ever have that moment where you're sitting there and it's like, okay, this is bigger here than just fighting. This is, you know, I mean, this is yeah. history. This is, you know, sort of the the birth of Jesus and all this. Was there exactly. ever that moment where you're just walking around going, holy crap, this is, yeah. this is intense. And, and 
I didn't expect it to be the way it was. It's an amazing country, amazing. We were, we were on the beach where our hotel was. Um, the food was amazing out there. The people, so, so greeting. And, and I love that, you know, people want to say hello. They smile at you, you know. Um, yeah, I didn't get to go and see Jerusalem like I wanted to and the Dead Sea and, and all that kind of stuff. I, d I just didn't have the time. But ne next time I go, I want to try and extend my my stay and stay a good couple of days after. So I get to, you know, see their culture. I hate using the word, but was the Caritano fight the perfect fight for you in terms of you went in there with a plan, you executed the plan, you didn't take any damage, there wasn't any problems you had during that fight. I mean, because I know fighters hate it, but was that the perfect Linton Vassell fight? Yes, exactly that. I pretty much, for the whole fight camp, practiced what I was going to do. Stand when the time comes, take him down. Because I knew I knew his, gra his ground, but I knew his, um, his game plan was to knock me out like he's knocked everyone out. I knew he, had, he didn't have a ground game. Like, not to say he didn't have one, but I knew, you know, if I took him down, that, that was it. I knew he was going to be strong, you know, I knew he was going to be ready, but that's exactly what I planned. That was the game plan going in, and it, I executed it perfect. I, again, I, le I left with no damage, and I was ready to go again. But, yeah, perfect fight, uh, and I felt like, you know, I, show I showed Bellator, and I showed the heavyweights that, that I'm here. My first fight in Bellator, heavyweight fight, didn't go to plan, came a little bit too heavy, didn't have the gas tank that I expected to have. And yeah, I, I lost on points. I never, I never want to lose. I never want to lose like that either. So yeah, that was the perfect, perfect fight. And yeah, I can't complain myself. Go back to the Madovsky fight. And I know, but yes. you know, as you said, came in sluggish. How much of it is also, he's a damn good wrestler. And I know we don't think about a lot of Europeans, but he has that Sambo style, that yeah. same style that gave, you know, it's made Yaroslav, Am you know, Amasov, that's made yeah. Vladimir uh, Tokov, all these guys here, you know, Vladimir Nemkov, all these Russians who they can defend takedowns, they can turn into submissions, they can take you down. Yeah. How much of that was nostalgia of you going, okay, I can't really take him down because he knows how to defend takedowns and I have to worry about him all of a sudden maybe catching me in a choke or an arm bar. So I got to be very yeah. careful about how I go in there. So I wasn't worried about, about the ground. Um, what what it was, it was his reversals that 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 um that what's that um what's the word I'm looking for that surprised me was his reversals and his and his and his very and his durability, his durability and his reversals, because there's a few times again I took him down. I had mount, and then as soon as I moved my knee. He reversed and he did it two times to me. I've watched the fight about six, seven times, man, because it's killing me watching that. And I want to know what I did wrong. And his durability, because I beat that guy up and he was still there, you know? Um, so, yeah, his durability and his reversals, that, that's, what, that's what surprised me out of, out of the whole fight. Again, he's a, he's a tough guy, great wrestler, great striker. But that, that, they're the two things I took away from that. That um, you know, if if I ever get the rematch with him, um, I'll go in with a solid, solid game plan. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again we've got it is Lit Vassell, aka the Swarm of a Show. We're talking all things, of course, Israel. We're talking Sergey Karatanov. We're talking heavyweights. The heavyweight division is wide open. It's Nobody knows who the number one contender is. Uh, right. Some people say Waldowski, but he can't leave Russia right now because of COVID. Timothy yep. Johnson has two big wins, but, well, yep. the last win wasn't really pretty here. Then there's you. And as you said, Caratano, what a lot of people thought was the favorite. He got, you beat him up. You beat Ronnie Marks. That's now two in a row. Uh, how do you plan to you know get, you get basically Bell to go, you know what? He deserves a title shot when – there's so many people fighting for this, and it's almost like, well, where do we go? There's nobody who's jumped up out of a pack yet. 
Of course, I feel you. So again, the, the first first um, plan of action is is beat Ronnie Marks, but not just beat him, finish him, and you know put put a big statement down on that. Obviously, I always go to finish my fights, but yeah, I'm looking to beat him in in fashion, stop him, knock him out, finish, you know, whatever referee stoppage, and I even think even then I need one more fight, so. You know, against either, as you said, Ronnie, not Ronnie Mark, sorry, as you said, um, Tim Johnson or Modoski. So I feel like that 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 would be the plan. First Ronnie, and then obviously um, either the other two I just mentioned. But again, the first task at hand is is Ronnie. So I'm not looking past him. That's that's the guy I got to beat. So I beat him December 10th. Then you know everyone else, you know, better keep their calendars open. Let's talk about the one advantage that I'd say Marks has on December 10th. Uh, it's going to be no fans, no crowd, you, him, a referee, your corners, and the announcers. That's right. He can speak both languages. He can speak, you know, Portuguese and English. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're not fluent in Portuguese here. How no. do you guys plan to handle it so that when you're, your corner's shouting instructions and his corner's shouting, but he can't just go, oh, well, this is what he's gonna do. So I'm gonna try to counter this year. You know, how do you sort of play, get used to where everybody can hear you? They can hear the announcers talk. They can literally hear, you know, step by step what they want you to do while you're in the cage. Yeah. Um, well, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be focused on myself. So whatever whatever he he's gonna do, I'm gonna look to to block, defend either way because the way I see it, you don't always do what your coaches say. And, you know what I mean? They may say jab, doesn't mean he can do the jab there and then, you know what I mean? He may do something else. So I'm just going to be ready to react for whatever he tries to do, you know? And um, yeah, and end up stopping him. That, that's pretty much the way the way I'm looking at it. I'm not, I'm not worried if he talks Portuguese or English or whether, you know? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do that, that actual move. I'm just going to be ready. As I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be December 10th, the final fight of Bell Tour in 2020 on CBS. It's going to be uh, Lee Malay McFarland versus Juliana Velasquez for the women's flyweight title. But this may all be in action once again against Ronnie Marks and a heavyweight scrap. I give you it's the swarm himself. I give you Linton Bissell. Uh, Linton, before I let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website, and more importantly, who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? Yeah, so they can follow me on Instagram. That's LDVAS underscore the swarm. And that's on um, Instagram. Um, with my sponsors, um, I've got um, Apex, Apex Construction. I've got the 86ers, um, Vassell's Beauty. Hayabusa, um, Defense Soap, um, Punch Gunk. So, yeah, um, you know, I mean, you can, again, I, I love all the support everyone gives me, all the fans, all my followers, my loved ones, family and friends. Again, you followed me from the start till now. Thank you very much. I appreciate the support, guys. Lynn Vassell, ladies and gentlemen, once again, fighting, it's going to be December 10th, Mohegan Sun Casino, only on CBS Sports and also The Zone. We come back. We got a whole lot more here, only on It Is Last Call. Last Call without the alcohol, only on It Is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Stay tuned for more great action coming up in a couple of minutes here.
Coming Saturday, I give you once again uh, one of my boxing people who knows everything, sees everything, and is uh, basically been around this sport enough to know what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. I give you it's Rich Mancuso. Uh, Rich, I'll start off here with Dubois versus Joyce. Uh, it was it was everything I expected. It was a hard. It was a it was boxing versus power. It was youth versus veteran. Well, did you enjoy and how and on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate that for a heavyweight showdown? Uh, maybe in the middle. No, that's all I could say. Uh, I think a lot has to do with it. We really don't know much about these two heavyweights that much because all this, the attention has been on uh, the main guys. You know, Wilder Fury and of course Joshua and the others. Uh, so. You know, we don't really know much about them because they don't fight here. All their fights are over there in the UK. And But you know what? It was good to see them. It was interesting. Uh, and I know that uh, Dubois uh, spent a night in the hospital. And now, unfortunately, has a fractured orbital bone, nerve damage, left eye. That's part of boxing. But that's, you know, that's the type of fight it was. Two rugged guys, two heavyweights. Uh, I, I thought, from what I was able to observe, that uh, uh, is not ready for the big guys, and that's that's pretty evident with Joyce with the win. Uh, you know, goes up notch a ladder and just has to wait online to get a title shot. But I don't think, from what I observed, that he's ready for the big guys. He's and now he's stepped back because of the injury. Uh, this was another Frank Warren promotion here in the UK with another car that wasn't that great. And uh, I let me, let me put it this way. I didn't enjoy it, though it was an interesting heavyweight fight from all standards. Does it bother you that you have boxing people? And when I mean boxing people, you've had Chris Eubank Jr., you've had John Fury, you've, you've had these guys criticize Dubois. Here's a guy who fought at least three rounds with a broken orbital bone. He's had yeah. nerve damage in his eye. And look, the jab is the most important weapon of boxing. If you have a good yeah. jab like Joyce does, that's going to you know do everything to you. Uh, does it bother you that you have these guys who they've seen deaths in boxing, they've seen guys like Kell Brook ruin their careers, and they still go, oh, well, he wasn't tough enough. He wasn't bad. You know, He should have stayed there. He shouldn't have gone out on the shield. They know better. I mean, does it bother you? You have these smart boxing people who just act stupid. When you're in a fight like that, where you know that you have, uh, you, you need to get a win to make make a, to move up a notch. Uh, yes, it, it it does bother me to the extent that you're risking yourself, but also the fact I got to give the guy credit for hanging in there because he knows what the implications were. Um, I'm surprised that we found out later that he uh, suffered injury to the eye. But I'm not surprised that he hung in there. Uh, what 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 exactly? What round was it where where he felt that uh, the eye got damaged? I mean, it was looking bad all the way. Probably, I'd say around they were saying the fifth or sixth round. It was starting to really swell up to the point where. You were noticing, yeah. okay, this doesn't look good. And then finally, in the tenth round, that's he right. Took he a takes knee. a big shot. He's, he's, yeah, it's a, it's a straight left hand right on the eye. It's a, a delayed knockdown, but you see, Joe, you see Dubois going to one knee. He's in pain. Yeah. He's just shaking his head, going, "I can't, I can't even see." But it, I just, I can't even continue. Yeah, well, that's what it is. I mean, he couldn't see, and he went that route. He went that distance like that, goes to show you how much. Spunky has and how tough and rugged he could be and how much more so than he wanted it. I mean, we've seen fighters go through that in the history of the sport where uh, one eye fighting with one eye or a severe cut and would refuse to quit, refuse to throw in the towel, refuse to go away because 
they felt how important it was. I trained so hard to be in there for this one. I had to continue and the implications more so. Uh, you know, I have a shot at this. You never know. You know, we've seen fights like that turn around and the guy like that could just turn around and nail one punch and it goes his way again. But that wasn't result with him yet, yesterday. I, I just, again, doubt his, uh, the question coming out of this again is how much does he have to be a part of this heavyweight title mix? And to tell you the truth, I wasn't impressed and I don't see it happening anytime soon. And now he has a severe eye injury that's going to set him back even more. Let's go to a fight you want to talk about, which is oh, yeah, let's, versus uh, yeah. Garcia. Mm -hmm. How much is, is the interest about where is Errol Spence? Because if this was before the car crash, I'm guessing a lot of people thought, okay, it's a clear Spence win. He's going to just cut Danny Garcia down. How much are we are we trying? To, how much is the interest about? Okay, is Errol Spence the same after that horrific car crash and the long layoff? Good question. That's what the boxing world is asking. That's what the boxing world wants to know. Uh, does Errol Spence still have it? And how much of a layoff of a year? And after that accident, thank God it didn't end tragically. Uh, how much does he have? Can he get in there? And uh, I mean, we saw the sparring. We've seen the sessions uh, that have been out there on social media and how good he looks. But then I'm hearing reports from others outside that he's not as good as it looks like what they're showing. So that's going to be something to look at next Saturday night. Um, I, Earl Spence is your consummate professional in that division. That's why to many he's considered better than... Crawford, and until those two meet, we'll never know, of course. But coming off a year and coming off a, a nearly fatal tragedy that he had in Texas with the car leads to a lot of questions, leads to a lot of speculation. What does he have? How's he going to face it? How's he going to face being back in an arena that will have fans this time? Not many, but they'll be there at AT&T in Dallas, Texas. How will he be able to counter Danny Garcia, who is in, who I believe has a very good shot of winning this fight? Will he be able, after a year being out of the ring, able to be counter, counter Danny Garcia? Will he be able, if Danny Garcia comes out tough and fast, Earl Spence Jr. will be tested fast to see what the layoff did to him. So it's a very interesting, very perplexing fight. And again, the implications in that division at 147 for both fighters, but more so for Errol Spence. How good is Danny Garcia at welterweight, though? I mean, his last five fights, he's three and two. When he stepped up in talent, he took on Keith Thurman, Sean Porter, he lost. When he's taken mm -hmm. on guys who are very faded in Brandon Rios, Ivan Redcatch, Adrian Granados. Right. He's undefeated. What is and he? Red is Cat he a good too. fighter or yeah. is he just one of those guys who's a blown up welterweight who basically has been properly you know managed by Al Heyman? He's properly managed, that's for sure. He's got the right guy in his corner with his father who knows how to motivate him and is and despite his flaws, is an excellent trainer. More so, Danny Garcia has proven in this division that he's been robbed of some decisions that he should have won. Um, Keith Thurman might be an example of that, the Keith Thurman fight. Also, Danny Garcia is your uh, is uh, uh, never never turns back, and he comes right back up. And he knows how to make the adjustments. And this is an example of this fight. If he comes out strong, which I expect him to do, and is not able is able to withstand any type of offense that we expect to come from Earl Spence, I expect Danny Garcia to come right back. Because if you've noticed with Danny's fights, the last few fights, he's come out faster and stronger. His, no knock on Garcia that I've always had has been his slow start. Takes him time before he finally gets into the rhythm, before he can finally get his rhythm going and do what he has to do. And that has cost him. We know that. This fight, 
I don't think you're going to see that because you saw in the last few fights that Danny Garcia has been able to come out much stronger. And, and I saw that evolving with him in his fight against Sean Porter. I saw him coming out much stronger, much faster, much quicker. He didn't wait. He went right at it. And I expect him to do that. I expect Danny Garcia to do that. I'm in love with Danny Garcia. And I say that. I say that. Always loved his style. And I, I will continually say that. And I expect to see that next weekend. And I think you're going to see Danny Garcia energized and ready to go. He is. He's been waiting for this fight. And again, I'm going to bring up that word, the implications. Because if he wins this fight, well, then you're talking him maybe against... Terrence Crawford and that Earl Spence. So uh, I guess, like, I know you love him. I'm not. And I guess here's the big question I have against the Spence fight. There's nothing special about Danny. I mean, you can argue, all right, he, he might, he should have won the Thurman fight. I had him losing. There's a lot of people who thought he lost against Lamont Peterson, that he lost against Mauricio Herrera. Yeah. He got a gift decision against Guerrero. I mean, he's not a big power puncher. He's not at welterweight. He's a guy who's just a guy. How much does this hurt him against Spence, who, when Spence is on, he can finish people. He can really hurt you. He's yeah. shown that in all his fights. And when he gets, you know, when he needs power, he can dial up and drop anybody, whether it's That's Sean right. Porter, That's right. whether it's Kel Brook. He has that power. Right. Um, you're bringing up great points. Uh, in, and I'm going to bring up Philadelphia because – uh, as a Philadelphia fighter as he is representing Puerto Rico, Danny Garcia is one that not can be down and come right back up and, and is saying all the time, he puts the past behind him. I don't know. It's a mentality. These fighters from Philadelphia, they're always be able, they're always able to put the past behind them and get themselves right back at it. And he's an example of that in the boxing's premier division still to me is at 147 with all the names. I, I really think, that it, it, this has been an evolving process with him, step by step, fight by fight. Whereas you go into situations of the boxing fan and a lot of the media, me not, and not one of them, not believing in Danny Garcia. There's always been that knock against him that he's not capable. He doesn't, he, you know, he might be long there, but he can't finish, do it and finish the job. But in the latter part of his career now, in these tough fights, he's come on to be better and stronger. And he's prepared to fight Earl Spence like any one of his opponents that he's had in the past. I, I, and, I, and I really do see Danny Garcia winning this fight. I think I'm, I might be jumping ahead about my prediction with you, Chris. And if I'm sorry if I did. I see him winning this fight because... He's mentally, as well as physically prepared, more than ever. He's had months to get this going. He's had his eyes on Earl Spence more than Terrence Crawford has. And it's a fight that boxing fans are going to love to see next weekend, except if Earl Spence Jr. has lost one or two notches off his game and off of that ELA, off in the car accident. And that is a big, big question coming into this fight. But Danny Garcia is ready. He's focused. He's in great shape. And I think all the questions about him definitely will go away if he comes out with the win. I don't know if he's going to knock him out. That all depends. But I expect him to come out strong and fast, and that's going to make a difference right away. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got the former editor of Keeping the Ring, uh, boxing aficionado and writer, I give you is Rich Mancuso. Uh, Rich, we got to talk about this card in the sense of the undercard's dreck. And and I, I hate saying uh, that because I know every fighter worth his soul, you know, they try to fight. But you look at this undercard, how much are they betting on Spence to sell this? How much of this is a big bet on Spence? Because you look and there's no great co-main event. There's no great... You know, fight in terms of, well, we got Areola and Kowakni, or we've got it's, you know, a, a second title fight. You're looking at the card, and it's sort of literally your your, your co main event is Sebastian Fondora versus Horahori Kota, uh, Julio Seja versus Eduardo Ramirez. Those, 
Joseito Lopez versus Francisco Santana. I like these guys individually. Yeah, I like Joseito This should be. I like watching all the time. This is, I mean, how bad is an, under, is an undercard for a usual PBC fight? Uh, you mentioned one name that stands out to me, right? You just mentioned uh, Lopez. So I, I really don't. I, I nothing else attracts me there. Uh, did I have to look up the card to know who's on this card, with the exception of Josito Lopez? That that that's my answer. That I, I, I look. You buy in this fight next week. You buy in the paper. You to see Garcia and Spence. You could care less about all the others, except maybe uh, Josito Lopez, who's been in there with Warriors. So. Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you the undercard and how strong it is because uh, I have really no interest in it. I want to see Garcia and Spence. The boxing world wants to see Garcia and Spence. And I think that's all they're interested in seeing for, for $70 of a pay-per-view. Uh, honestly, that's my answer to that. You, we, I know we talk about bets, you know, in terms of fighters betting on themselves. This is a big bet here for Errol Spence because... You talk about you know a possible Crawford fight. Spence is talking jumping up to middleweight. He wants Canelo. But that's the goal. That's the number one goal for him. But he wants a Canelo fight. How much is on the line for him? Not just to win and win impressively, but to draw a good sized number pay per view wise, so that he can get Canelo's attention. That he can convince Canelo that hey, Spence versus Canelo is worth you know fighting at 160, but this is a fight that can sell, but this is a fight where you know, Canelo will make his money. Do you want to see Earl Spence stay on 47 or go up to 160? He where wants 160. He, he wants at? Canelo Alvarez. Okay. But he wins his fight, Canelo Alvarez is not in line, then we have to definitely have to get that Crawford Spence fight going. Uh, um, I don't think Spence would be good at 160. I, he's 147 is fine with me. I mean, what do you think about? Do you think that way? I, 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 I agree with you, but, one, it, I, but I think if you're Spence, you're thinking this. Terrence Crawford doesn't bring anything to the table. He's a guy who doesn't like talking to the media, doesn't sell. Now, well, let me back you up. I want to back up a second. I want to ask you, and I want to take away your time. It's your show, not mine. But what is it about Terrence Crawford that you don't agree with to the line or many others? I, I think Terrence Crawford is, and I'm, I don't like doing best pound for pound. I, you know how I feel about that. But what is it about Crawford that, what's the knock on Crawford? Did he have the top guys in the division? Is it no, his I personality? No, I think the knock on Crawford is, is just... I think the, the knock on Crawford is when you're trying to sell a fight and you and you know this sport, he's not yeah. a guy who is gonna you know give you a great quote. No. He doesn't like talking to the media. He's not. Uh, Keith he Thurman got or, right. He's not marketable. He doesn't have to market himself. I agree. I agree. He he doesn't market himself. But does that take away from the type of? what he does in the ring, what type of fighter he is. That's the question. No, I'm not, I don't care. I'm not about, the biggest, he's a guy. You know, you've been around, you, Chris, you've been around Terrence, right? I've been around Terrence. So I'm you've just been around here. him, right? I right. have. Well, he's my a low-key guy. He's, he, he doesn't play the game like the lawyer did, like Trinidad, like like uh, uh, Floyd or Packett. He doesn't play the game. He doesn't market himself. He lets top rank track. That, that's been the question. But uh, I, uh, I don't think nothing away from being a low key guy. I respect that, and I, I definitely respect his fight style too. I love the way he fights. So, no, and I agree with that. But as I said, it gets back to if you're Errol Spence and you want to fight, if you want a big fight with money, Canelo brings the bank account. He's the guy who you can make yeah. ten million, twelve million dollars. You don't have to worry uh -huh. about selling because Canelo brings the party. Crawford doesn't. So I think this, no matter what, there's a lot of pressure on Spence for this fight because he needs to show that he can sell a pay-per-view by himself. And there is, you know, he can 
draw without a big undercard or co-made event, but he can be that next big pay-per-view draw. Yes. But he also can make a lot of money. He wins his fight. And finally, Bob Arum and the PBC could get their logistics together and their act together. And, and Terrence gets his wish and forget it, Pacquiao. Let's get Crawford Spence together. And that's the money fight. That's the money that'll get, that'll put the money in, in both their pockets. And that, most of all, Chris, that's the fight Foxy would want to see in the new year. Uh, before, and you know, get the logistics involved, and you need to also make sure that you were able to get fans into a, into an arena or a stadium situation to create that revenue. And that's the question about stating where everything's going right now. So before they can even make that, I have to make sure that you have an open gate, that you have a crowd, a good one to generate the revenue. That's why fans want to see. That's the fight that must be put together. And that's why Saturday that fight has all these implications with Garcia and Spence because we want to get to Crawford Spence. We want to see where Terrence Crawford stands with top rank and where he stands with the PBC. I do not think, and I'm jumping ahead maybe with you here. My people at top rank tell me this is all talk. That Terrence Crawford is perfectly satisfied being with top rank and Bob Adam. It's all talk. No matter what Aaron says, that he could have bought two houses in Beverly Hills with all the money he spent on Terrence Crawford. You know, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. He's just talking. Bob Aaron likes to talk. Terrence Crawford is very tight with top right personnel from what I understand, what I know. Terrence Crawford is very content there. He's going to fulfill the end of his contract. And whether he, to get to the other guys in 147, Bob Aaron will give in. It's got to happen. We've seen it before. Aram and the PBC can work together. And believe me, they will work together because it's a fight boxing needs, fans want. So it's going to happen. Well, that's a whole different story for a different day. We got to wrap this up. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I give you my boxing insider and a man who's been around this sport for a long time. I give you it's. You want my prediction? I got to ask you, Rich, before we let you go, where can the fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? Yeah. Where can fans Thank hit you, you up at? Right. I appreciate that. I hope I wasn't too hard on you. Uh, no <laughs> no worries. You're never too hard. I'm, 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 I'm all pumped up because there's so much boxing going on. And I'm not talking about the fiasco of Saturday night, uh, uh, the entertainment uh, Tyson Jones thing. I hope we don't see that again. Um, yeah, I'm at Twitter at Ring786, Facebook.com slash Rich Mancuso, Mancuso786 at Instagram. You could read me on Facebook, the blog with Steve Casper at Worldwide Boxing. I'm also at NewYorkSports.com, LatinoSports.com, and the baseball stuff that a boxing fan that I want to watch today, I won't even mention. But I'm all over the place, Chris, and I'm always there for you because you do a great job. I do appreciate it. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we got Rich Mancuso. Uh, we got to wrap this up once again for my wonderful guest today, Lynn Vassell, Gilberto Ramirez. This is uh, Chris Connor saying so long, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned. For Garcia wins the fight. It is last call. Chris? Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Stay tuned for more great action.